Welcome to Max Storm Business Coaching for the Health and Fitness Professional Podcast, where you will hear and learn tips, tricks, and marketing secrets that will allow you to build your business from ordinary to extraordinary. Visit us at maxstormcoaching.com. Now, here's your host. and welcome back to MaxStormCoaching.com. This is Ashley Mazurik. I am back to give you another piece of what really runs through my brain as I think about what's important for you guys to know or what I feel is important being in the industry and being in industry as a practitioner, uh, as a, a past owner, Uh, working with clients um, that have uh, come to me for different issues, whether it's mental, emotional coaching, nutritional coaching, or physical uh, coaching as a result of pain. Could be acute pain, could be persistent pain. And then the teaching aspect of what tends to happen and what I see within students that are learning this a wonderful world of fitness information and taking it out there and becoming great. Obviously, if you start to listen to me a little bit more, I'm starting to get down to the road of really preaching the potential for everyone to be better than they are, to 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 find their greatness. And that I, it's like my buzzword right now, and it's probably going to be my buzzword for the next year. So today... The purpose of the podcast is what gets results, okay? And I think this is important. You know, this is Max Storm Coaching, coaching everyone to be better, to potentially create abundance in their life by way of getting clients or doing what you love to do in the fitness industry, health and fitness industry, I should say. And so for all you practitioners out there that work one-on-one with clients and that are in the business of truly getting results, we're going to tap on a piece of that. It may be a piece that you want to hear or it may be a piece that you haven't really thought about. So first, how do we get results? And obviously, I've been 28 years in this industry, and to summate those 28 years and to figure out in you know a sh- relatively short podcast how I get results, I'm going to share that with you today. Number one, and I say this over and over in my classes, you have to get the root of the dysfunction. Is that easy? Hell no. It's not easy because there's lots of different etiologies to a issue. If somebody has a syndrome, what does syndrome typically mean? Means that it's a multifaceted etiology. Means that there's many things causing this particular problem. And I will say that as it relates to uh, the physical issue of SI joint pain, or let's go even more general, back pain, Typically, there's not one reason that causes that pain. So hopefully you know enough to dig really deep into the mystery of the physical body and find out what's going on. Now, finding the root, what's the easiest way to do that? 
Yes, ask questions. Do your little intake form. Yes, look at the paperwork. See what the HAQ says and doesn't say to lead you into a conversation of asking better questions and also being a very good listener. I mean, we have two ears and one mouth, and that's because we should listen twice as much. And listening helps you listen to know not what they're saying, what they're not saying. And that's really important. And uh, uh, again, I always talk about the intuitive aspect of what this work provides. And being mindful and more aware, intuitive, how do you get to be very intuitive? Well, um, you can't get there by any other way than sitting with self and becoming still and creating a mindless time for yourself. We call it meditation. It's super helpful. And it's super helpful for your higher self to give you all the information that you're searching for. That I'm telling you, we don't have enough time in our life to read all the books that we need to read in order to potentially help most people. So we have to rely on something that has every bit of information we could possibly ever want. And that's the intuitive self. Okay. So find the root. Now you could, you could stay physical. If that's where you're at right now, there's nothing wrong with that. I started at at the physical and I eventually through my career moved deeper and deeper. And so I applaud the physical. I love the physical part of what we do. And I am super in love with it. It's such a mystery. But then if you can't discover the root, in other words, if you've done some stuff from the physical aspect and they're still not getting a lot better than you would have potentially feel they should be, then you have to go deeper. Okay, so what lies deeper than the physical, the joints and the muscles? They are driven by the organ system. So organs and glands are drivers of the musculoskeletal system. If there is a joint issue, if there is an instantaneous optimal axis of rotation that is out of its optimal alignment, there's going to be inflammation. The nociceptors are going to send messages. We are in pain because your joint is not aligned and you've been moving like this for way too long to the point where we need to send the mechanoreceptor number three and four out to give you messages to stop moving so much. Otherwise, we're going to start doing some more damage. Pain is a very good thing to have because it, otherwise we'd be in worse shape. So it's a message. The body can't communicate in any other way. It has to send pain signals. And so we're supposed to perceive those and hopefully do something about it. And if you don't know, then we, you send it to a practitioner who does know or who can find the root. So organs and glands. Figuring out if there's an organ or gland that's refluxing into a particular segment of the spine that's causing issues within that reflexive musculoskeletal system and causing inhibition or inhibition slash then compensation that's creating this issue. And if we were to go even deeper than that, which is even more beautiful, then we could go into what are the mental, emotional thoughts, ideas, belief systems that are living in the body at that particular segment, which would I would be referring to, yes, the chakra system. And 
If it's low back and we're talking about L5, then we are talking specifically about the root chakra. The root, if I were to be super general about what root tells us, and typically is uh, pinpoints a lot of major issues with people, it's family, it's financial, it's trust, and so it's anger, it's fear. So those are the big guys. And do we does do most people have one or though one or more of those? Yes. And so when we get out of balance energetically, if we have too much mind um, overflow, for example, into work, if it's um, financial, so we go to work to make money. And so we're making money so that we can be financially free if there is such a thing, but we can have financial means to do things that we love to do. So we have to work. But if there's too much emphasis on the work, on the energy with work, on the mind focusing on work, work issues, work problems, work relationships, then there's an energy out of balance within the root. And yes, you can't see it, touch it, feel it. And that is something that you have to create a little bit of faith and believe and trust in this chakra system, which is extremely powerful. And if you trust in it, you will find some deep, beautiful, uh, pieces of wisdom that will guide you into a successful practice. And, you know, oftentimes it's, it's a manifestation of a, pro, a process into your own journey that, you know, after a while, I know me, after 15 years of doing physical, I was ready for something different. I was ready to move in nutrition and mental, emotional coaching and just the dead create diversity in this field um, because, you know, we all want to, at least for me, I wanted to always do this for the rest of my life. So you have to, you have to change it up. You have to uh, do, do something a little differently to keep excited about this field. And part of being excited is part of learning new things that help your, your existing clients more, but then also bring you more and different clients that challenge you to keep you even more excited. And so that would be the unfolding of number one. I've tried to keep this short, so that was a long number one. So it's finding the root at the level that you're prepared and ready to start digging in and finding the mystery that's creating this issue. Sometimes it takes a little couple weeks of having that honest communication because sometimes clients want to tell you what you want to hear, don't they? And so if you, if you, if you kind of sit on it and think about it and meditate on it and have more conversations, I am telling you, it will unfold itself, especially if you're truly in it to help those people. Mm, it'll, it'll, it'll manifest itself like it should. So number one, find your route. Two, Come up with a creative protocol. Now, it could be one that you've learned. Obviously, we teach, I teach protocols that have been very successful for me. But if you learn a system and then you have that system for a while, hopefully you've been able to create your own system. You know, so we create structure to then be structureless. And through experience, 
as you know, not everyone is the same. So every protocol can't be exactly the same for every single person with that same exact issue. I have found that to be true in many cases. So you have to come up with the appropriate protocol for that person. And it won't always be the same. The flow of modalities that will correct that issue, what to do first. Um, so, you no, know, are you going to do mobilizations? Do you do manual therapy? At what point do you do do your manual therapy, or uh, is, should it be in the beginning? Should it be second or third past doing a little bit of corrective work with your mobilizations and stretches, um, and then move into some stability? So that's really important, and that's a that's a program design aspect that uh, we only as we experience doing this type of work, do we only get better and better and better at it, Um, which leads me into number three, which is programming. Uh, If if you aren't writing programs for your clients, uh, how are you determining whether or not what you're doing is working is my only thing. Uh, It's really important that you create documentation for safety for yourself, if anything were to ever happen, yes, we buy liability insurance, but I, my intention is never to use it. Uh, so, writing programs are is a very, very important part of what we do to create sex success, so that we know what we did to work to make this client get better. Good idea to know, and then what to alter. If it didn't work, we can go back to what we've written down to determine mm, that didn't really go too well, so let's change things up. Or from that point, how to progress. You may need to ascend, you may need ascend or you may need to descend uh, your program to be successful. And lots of times we go into program our programs and we have an understanding of what we think, but then potentially from the point in which you wrote a program, to the point at which they actually come in, there could be a lot of things that happen to this person that will that will allow you to be really quick on your toes and be able to change that program slightly through ascensions or descensions. Um, when we talk about programming, I must say that from you know being a practitioner, being a holistic health practitioner as it relates to doing the check work. I don't know of anybody out there that does quite what we do uh, as far as writing really good programs. And I'll say it took me many years before I was actually satisfied with the work of of writing programs. It does take a lot of time. Um, it's an investment. And hopefully, I, I always stress, hopefully you're charging for programs for your clients um, because you spend a lot of time studying their bodies and studying the assessments, studying the HAQs and, and studying what what exercise create for successful results. And so that's a lot of work for somebody to do. So hopefully you're charging for that. So the program varies. When I say that nobody else is out there doing it, in other words, what I'm saying is I don't know of a physical therapist that writes programs from the aspect of creating the variables that we do. I don't know a chiropractor. I don't know an MAT therapist. I don't know an NKT therapist. I don't know an ST, NST therapist that writes programs that has variables that includes what exercise in what order based off of complexity, based off of integration to isolation, 
in that order as it results with the type of variables to create the right response. If I'm looking for a stability response from a tonic muscle, so what's a tonic muscle? Well, let's go with something that's really easy. Upper traps, levator, pec minor. Those are, those are tonic muscles that are limbically loaded. Okay. What does that mean? That means that pretty much everyone's going to need those stretches because a tonic muscle that's limbically loaded means that if there is a person that comes to you and is stressed and is overly stressed, more than not, they're going to need to address this muscle because these muscles through emotion tighten up. Tonic muscles tend to, they, they over, they're overworkers. They, they, they tighten very easily and especially to stress. So more than likely they're going to need to be stretched and, uh, you know, know that if you've got a muscle that is tonic related, which is a stability muscle, then you're looking at recruiting and in order for it to refacilitate its new link tension due to corrective stretches and mobilizations, you have to take that muscle and embrace what the muscle is successful with. In other words, if I'm working pec minor or if I'm looking for the levator to release itself and create optimal instantaneous axis rotation in that joint that those muscles cross, then it's really important that the time under tension in a type 1 muscle recruitment is two minutes time under tension. A lot of people don't realize that. And that's why I get a lot of referrals from people from very, very smart therapists, I would think that are, that, that know their stuff. And I'm always really surprised as to why their protocols don't work. It's oftentimes because there wasn't a program to back up the phenomenal work that they did. And then that, that work. So maybe they gave them an exercise, but they didn't follow through with the proper variables. And so they didn't do it. They didn't do it for two minutes. They didn't do it for three sets. They didn't give it 30 seconds um, rest. And they didn't do the intensity at a very low grade. Tonic muscles wrapped around stability exercises for a type one recruitment should not have very high intensities. And that means that if we're, if, if we're, people who like to exercise and like to exercise hard. And, you know, my motto used to be just do it, you know, 20 years ago. And it was all about go hard or go home and pay no gain. And that's not my philosophy anymore. And luckily my practice has taught me that working with a lot of chronic pain um, clients. And so it's important to respect uh, the, the need for exercises to not always be hard and super intense and that form is the most important aspect of when doing an exercise. If they've got form, that is, well, if it doesn't look good, if it looks like it's, it's, it's struggling to look good, then you have to descend it. And a lot of people end up going into doing exercises from acute 
acute pain or even persistent pain and they're doing loaded exercises. Loaded exercises are not good for those people because they don't have the stabilization system to support it. What's a loaded exercise? Well, a loaded exercise for me is initially when you have axial load on the spine, which means that you're in a field of gravity, which means that you're standing up. And so if you are in a field of gravity with your head towards the ceiling, your spine is loaded with gravity. That is loaded. Now, it's not externally loaded, meaning you don't, you don't have a weight in your hand. And even if it is two pounds, it's still axial loaded with an external force. That can cause sheer force and compression on a joint that is susceptible to uh, dislocation or to, to not fit in its proper position for very long. And if you don't have stabilizers strong enough to hold it there, it's going to happen again. Does that make sense? I, I know I talk fast, uh, but I hope it does. I hope it's sinking in. Obviously, you can go to the website and be like, uh, Ashley, you know, I have a question about that. Please, please do. I'll answer or I'll create another podcast on it uh, just to clarify if I've missed you along the way um, through my fast talking. Uh, last, so I've, so I've mentioned you got to get to the root cause. You have to figure out what is the basis behind what caused this injury. Now, it, it could have been 15 years ago when they fell off a letter. So don't not consider stuff like that. It could have been uh, – 15 years ago when she had her first child and she's into her fourth child now. It could very well have been the first or second child that long ago, which has caused a tremendous amount of compensation, which means you've got some work to do. And that's not easy. And it's, it's not easy if you've got a organ and glandular issue and you need to talk about diet because diet is difficult to deal with people who are very emotional. Most of the time, diet relates to emotions. And that's not easy uh, it takes a lot of support um, and patience and empathy and compassion, which uh, there are some days where it's easier and some days where it's harder um, to deal with situations like that. Uh, two, come up with a, a protocol that meets the structure in place as it relates to exercises, whether they're unloaded or loaded, whether they're complex or whether they're um, less complex, let's say it a different way, whether they're integrated or they're isolated. Huge difference, huge difference as to where you put that exercise and as to whether or not the person has success. Third one, programming the variables. The variables are very, very important. You can change, you can have a program and if keep the same exercises in the same order. And if all I did was change the variables, it would be an absolutely completely different program for that person to experience. Yep. Fourth, and this is where I'm going to close and finish and let you go for the rest of your day, having super fun, doing what you love to do and hopefully enjoying it. But getting to the point where you've developed one, two, three, but getting the client to actually do it. And that, really, that's like a podcast in itself. Um, how can we get, how can we motivate and get our clients to respond and adhere to doing their program consistently? Now, 
I, I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm saying that uh, it's an interesting question. And I do believe that's why I probably haven't done a podcast and haven't thought about doing a podcast on it is because it really depends on the person it really depends on what they say. And so you could go a hundred different ways with that. So I, you know, I don't have a specific answer for that. I could toss around some ideas and, you know, maybe I'll do that. Um, but I'm encouraging you to, if you're interested in, you know, that type of, um, listening, then yeah, just let me know. I can toss around a couple ideas that have been very successful for me. And, um, Anyway, I appreciate you listening today. Um, those are, if you want to get results, those are some, if, if I were to generalize and figure out what what has created the most amount of success for me, uh, that would be those pieces of information. And so appreciate your time. appreciate you take the energy, energy to listen and turn your brain on and comprehend the information. Uh, always love hearing feedback um, to hear what you have to say, hear to hear what you want, because this is, you know, people like me, we're in the business of serving and we're in the business to helping people become better. It's why I became a teacher. Uh, I've been a teacher for 28 years um, and I didn't realize I wanted to do that, but I guess I fell into it and I've enjoyed doing it ever since. Um, So, Um, I always would love feedback to further the conversations about different topics that uh, might interest serving you to help you and what helps you always helps me. So have a great day, you all. Um, Thanks for taking the time. We'll we'll see it. Well, we'll see if you're watch the video, but if, uh, I'll, I'll speak at you next time and you'll hear me. Thank you for listening to the Max Storm Business Coaching Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss.